Come on in, sit back and relax. You're listening to episode 205 of the Wolf Tech Today podcast. I'm your host, Craig Eskowitz, founder of Ezra Group Consulting, and this podcast features interviews, news, and analysis on the trends and best practices all around wealth management technology. My guest for this episode is John Prendergast, CEO and co-founder of Blue Leaf. Uh, John is an active startup advisor. He's also an experienced entrepreneur and senior executive. As part of six founding teams, he has led the product management, marketing, and finance functions. His background in banking and wealth management has shaped the vision for Blue Leaf. And I'm excited about this interview. Uh, it was a long time in coming. Uh, we uh, have worked with Blue Leaf for a while uh, with some different clients, and we really uh, like your technology. So I was excited to have uh, John on the program talking about um, a new product they're offering called Aggregation as a Service. And anything around data uh, and wealth management interests me and interest Ezra Group. Uh, and looking at data aggregation, one of the areas that I've always found is it is a bit opaque when you're trying to compare different aggregators to each other. There's no uh, real way to do that and to look at and see, well, here's how one works with these different financial institutions and provides this kind of data at this level of accuracy versus a vendor B provides coverage of these uh, vendors or these uh, financial institutions in this data. So there's a lot going on there. But before we get started, I have a message for executives at wealth management firms. Your tech debt is holding back your business growth. Your old software platform is rusted and falling apart and needs an overhaul. Your disparate systems don't communicate with each other, and it's driving your ops team and advisors crazy with manual processes and errors. So if you're in charge of technology or operations for a broker-dealer, an RIA, a family office, or a TAMP, you should run, not walk, to our website, ezragroup.com, and fill out the Contact Us form on the homepage. Our experienced team can help evaluate your current technology ecosystem, deliver targeted recommendations, optimize your existing systems and operations, or run an RFP and help you implement new software to take your firm to the next level. You can take advantage of our free consultation offer by going to ezragroup.com. A couple quick housekeeping tips. Uh, please uh, subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Uh, go check out our uh, charity sponsor, the Invest in Others Charitable Foundation. Uh, we are supporters of this charity and we think they do some great things. So they are at investinothers.org. Now, let's kick this thing off. So, John, now tell me your podcast tools. I'm very interested to hear what these are. Yeah, I, I love this idea, like podcasts about podcasts. Um, so so what I, what I was talking about earlier was this uh, this editing tool we've run into uh, and there's a few of them now uh, that allows you to kind of edit the video and audio based on the text. So imagine having a transcript of your podcast mm -hmm. and I delete a word, a phrase, a sentence, and suddenly the video is edited and the audio is edited as well. No way. Yes way. <laughs> and uh, and it will, you, where I just did the um and the ah there, mm -hmm. It'll auto detect all of those things and it will delete those or silence them depending on what choice you make. So it makes you sound really good, like you're really smart and never hesitate and always know exactly the word that you want to say. There's no um, ah, uh, I, I, any of those kinds of things. Fantastic tool now, called Descript. Something like that. We well, I found something that did the ums and ahs, but not it didn't auto also edit the video. It was only for audio. Yeah, so it's Descript. Uh, it's the latest version of Descript. I've heard Descript. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so the latest version is really, really good. Um, and 
in addition, it makes editing clips and pulling things out as easy as kind of copying and pasting text. Um, now and, I'm rabbit holing again, John. Yeah, yeah, I know. I do. I did the same thing, uh, and and I I tend to do that. It's it's a geek thing, I think. Um, but fantastic tool and audition, uh, not audition. Uh, Premiere Pro, which is a which is a video audio editing suite sure. yeah, from, from Adobe, which is fantastic. It's what a lot of the pros use, mm -hmm. um, and we use it. And they introduced uh, a similar tool, mm -hmm. but it just, the tool's too complex to make it work well. So what mm -hmm. we tend to do is we build the, the whole episode in, um, in Premiere Pro. And uh, we will have already processed some of the audio in uh, Descript to take out the ums, the ahs, the pauses, what have you. And so that cleaned up audio will already be, be in there. And then when we want to work on pulling clips, we'll export it, pop the whole thing into Descript and we'll cut and paste the, the, the text. And now we have cut videos and then even, and you know, for, for any of you who've done any video editing, going from portrait, which we're, we're likely in now, if you're watching on video to, uh, to landscape and or landscape to portrait, um, is painful. And this tool also makes that incredibly simple. So, we 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 really like Descript, um, and we've been able to take a you know a forty five minute video, and instead of a painful several hours to get a couple of good clips, mm -hmm. we can knock out twenty twenty five really cool micro clips in mm -hmm. under an hour total. That's terrific. Yeah, we we were just we were just chatting about podcasting, and this is our we started four years ago, and there was no tools at all, so we just used Zoom, and then you know edit. And it's kind of a pain. Totally and, manual by at that point, right? Yeah, it's, it's still very manual. So we have been looking for a tool. So we, we I looked at Descript a couple of years ago, but I'm going to look at it again. And it looks, it looks a lot better already because, uh, you know, trying to automate and make things uh, uh, quicker and more efficient because we're not a media company. We're a tech consultant right. firm, right? You're Us not too. a media company either. Are you we're a software company. company? We're a software company, but I guess everybody is a media company nowadays, right? Like everyone's a tech company. Everyone's a media company. <laughs> it's crazy. Everybody's an everything company, which makes life challenging. Um, but but I think you have to communicate in audio and video nowadays. Uh, the the written word just doesn't go as far as it used to. Um, you know, pure blog writing is great and it's important part of everyone's media strategy and it should be. And, you know, I, I love the written word and it's, it's critical, but video and audio just reaches people in a different way. And, you know, the inflection in my voice and the fact that John Prendergast says, you know, a lot, uh, those kinds of quirky nuances that allow people to get to know you personally the only way you can do that is through audio and video and in sort of a live recorded situation. Right. And I think that's really great. The The thing that I love that's happening now are all of the tools that are being enhanced by AI. Descript is, you know, among them. Um, but there's also really great uh, video editing tools that are being enhanced by AI. And people talk about a variety of these things where it makes up video, but honestly, some of the best tools are pretty simple. There's a plugin, uh, I'm going to forget the name, uh, for, for this Adobe Premiere Pro, which allows you 
on a multi-speaker setup. So let's say I've got three speakers that I'm recording three, uh, three tracks of audio as well. It will cut um, when someone's speaking, it'll cut to me. Mm-hmm. And, and then when you speak, it'll cut to you on the video and audio, right? So it, it'll automatically do a bunch of these cuts um, that, that make the video more engaging. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does it in about 30 seconds where, you know, by hand doing a hundred cuts might take a couple hours. Um, so it's really just an amazing evolution of the tool set. And, um, you know, as a, as one geek to another, <clears throat> you know, I think it's a, it's a great time to dive deep and find these tools. Cause I think it really accelerates what you're able to do and how you're able to communicate. And I think about, you know, the financial advisors that might be listening, there are enough tools out there now that can make you as a solo advisor capable of delivering high quality audio and video messaging to your clients, to your, your broader audience, um, in a, in a way that you couldn't before you just couldn't do it at that level of quality. So, uh, maybe it's time to check it out for all of you. I think they should. And we're always hearing about how AI is going to kill jobs and it's, it's all technology is, is reduce, reduces some jobs or eliminates some jobs, but a lot of it is eliminating just manual work. If you're talking about audio editing that AI can do, you think, well, what, what are the audio engineers going to do? But what do the audio engineers do 50 years ago when, you know, Steely Dan was recording, you know, Can't Buy a Thrill, they were splicing tape together to do clips, right? It's a, oh, I remember this. Yeah. A long I've, time. To I've do literally it. done that with the, with a yeah. razor blade, right? Razor blade. Right. So what is, what is, you know, what is Pro Tools and other audio, audio uh, technology enable? It doesn't get rid of the, the sound engineers. It, it makes them, it gives them a lot more capability and flexibility and creativity. It, long, it creates incredible amount of opportunities for creativity. And the same Absolutely. thing they're saying that as well. It, it's, it takes a lot of the mind numbing workout and allows people to be a lot more creative. Absolutely. And, you know, what we're talking about, you know, is this most recent revolution in generative AI in particular, which got people's attention and it should. Um, But to your point, it's mainly going to be an enabler. So Mm -hmm. I was listening to a podcast, I think it was a New York Times podcast about uh, AI, and they were talking about writing and, you know, writers are pretty nervous. But AI as a writer is poor. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, it's not a great writer. Um, what it is, it's sort of a junior copywriter, but it needs editors. So if you've got an infinite number of junior copywriters, you need a lot more editors to sort it out. So it just changes the nature of the work you're doing as opposed to eliminating it entirely. Mm-hmm. Humans still have to have the ideas. Um, and you know, when you think about the way the generative AI works, it's a kind of mimicry. Um, it's really powerful and man, it can do a lot of stuff. Um, and we're, we're using it in very precise ways, you know, within our own company, Blue Leaf. Uh, but it's, it's not eliminating any jobs. I can tell you that not, not right now. It'll eliminate some at the low end, create more at the high end. So net, I'm not, I'm not sure it's going to, it's going to create massive unemployment. That's not what's happening. Right. I, I don't think so either. It's uh, there's there's so many opportunities and and we're seeing it as well and, and we use it um, on on a marketing side and we're, we're we're all of our customers are asking us about it. We've been doing webinars and I've been uh, meeting with the the boards of directors of a number of large firms almost every week. And the question is always, what should we be doing? What are our competitors doing? 
what are some what's some low hanging fruit that we can uh, or some quick wins that we can use AI for that doesn't impact compliance and other mm-hmm. and there's so many of them right um, that's a whole different that's a whole different podcast uh, talking about AI here we wanted to talk about where we originally started the, the idea of this podcast I wanted to jump in and talk about um, your new uh, aggregation as a service a data oh yeah service which I think is really interesting but if you can just do a 30 second elevator pitch for Blue Leaf to get us started. Sure. Uh, Blue Leaf is an all-in-one wealth management platform um, that delivers you know, reporting and client experience, delivers billing and invoicing, uh, trading and rebalancing. Uh, and in that respect, the very high level 40,000 foot respect, we're similar to a lot of all-in-one platforms. What makes Blue Leaf really unique is we are designed ground up to be um, measurably engaging to clients and advisors. So if you're if you're an advisor and you care about really delivering an engaging experience, and there's a lot of reasons you should, uh, Blue Leaf will help you engage 70 to 90% of your client base every single month. Uh, measurably, we put it right up front, we show you that and, and show you how to do that. Whereas, you know, typical client portal, which is what people would think of for client engagement, might connect with 10 or 15% a month. That, that's more typical. Um, and we use approaches that are driven by major media and think about major digital media and how they engage their users, Netflix, Facebook, this kind of thing. Uh, it's a it's a much broader system of engagement. Um, and so we take that and we bring that to bear on wealth management for clients and advisors both. Talked about talking about the, the data aggregation as a service. Um, something we're very interested in um, on our on our research side. We, we do a lot of research on technology for uh, wealth management firms. And data aggregation has always been a bit opaque for us and that it's hard to know which vendor does what, um, which data you can get from where. It's a, it's a, it's another rabbit hole you have to really dig down into. So what made you launch? Well, first of all, what is a service and what made you sure. launch it? Absolutely. So um, aggregation as a service is um, a combination of of things that we felt we needed to step in and deliver in order to solve some of the real challenges that our customers were having with aggregation. One is the fact that no single aggregation provider really covers the entire spectrum of of institutions. Uh, No single aggregation provider is successful on all of those institutions or has same data quality across all of these institutions. Um, and, um, and so there's, there's a bunch of things about, uh, coverage and connectivity that you just can't solve with a single data provider, not none of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so our, our concept was, well, what if we combined them and had that Venn diagram overlap in a way that we could get better coverage and, oh, wouldn't that mean if one data provider fails, you could fall back to the other so that you'd have better recoverability when something does go wrong, which will happen with aggregation. And the thing that's been, and and we built a whole new infrastructure to make that possible, uh, both on the front end where you got to juggle, um, you know, which aggregation to- uh, provider you're talking to and on the back end, sort of, you know, bringing that all together and normalizing it. But in some ways, the biggest thing that we do is we directly service the end user the client of the advisor. 
we support them directly. So the advisor doesn't advisor doesn't have to, their, their firm doesn't have to, um, and the enterprise uh, that that may be in the mix in in some of our cases doesn't have to provide all of that support. Um, so the the end client gets better, faster service from actual experts in aggregation. Um, the aggregation providers we partner with don't have to deal with the game of telephone from client to advisor to firm to enterprise to you know provider um, and and all of that that problematic um, change of information and and the delay that that introduces. Um, so aggregation as a service is the combination of multiple aggregation providers um, and direct and consumer service. So how does it manifest itself? If I'm an advisor, what do I see? If I'm a, if I'm a broker dealer or an RA, what do I, what am I seeing differently than if I just directly worked with an aggregation provider? It's a great great question because in some ways it's quite transparent. Um, and if you think about it as a client, you don't want to know much about this. Uh, you don't want to force the the client or the advisor to make choices. So many many of our uh, colleagues in the marketplace, other software providers will make an advisor, make a choice or a firm, make a choice about which provider they want to use. Um, we don't do that. It, they're just surfaced within the interface and it's a guided experience. The client doesn't have to know much about who is in the background. They just sort of go in and, you know, we ask them, do you want to connect a, uh, an investment account? Do you connect a bank account? They make the choice. They search for the institution and go through the process. And they're made aware of the ultimate data provider as part of this. Uh, and there's actually some really interesting benefits to doing that. But they don't really have to manage a wildly different experience. It's it's as seamless as using a single you know, aggregator, which is very much by design. You, you just don't want to introduce any more complexity. But the other real difference is when anything goes wrong or some some challenges come up, and the client is is in that system and they go to the help button, they get our team acting on behalf of the advisor's client, uh, the advisor's firm. So we become an extension of their firm. We handle that support request for any aggregation challenge or really any technology challenge with, with Bluetooth more generally, but specifically with the aggregation as a service, we handle that. So the advisor, the, the firm doesn't have to, right? We relieve that support burden. So that that's a really big change in experience. If you've ever used aggregation and had a problem that you had to deal with as an advisor, you don't have to do that with with this service. I found this to be revolutionary because we have worked a lot of our clients, whether they're RIAs or broker dealers. Uh, we have an outsourced CTO service um, and another outsourcing for technology strategy and support. And data aggregation is always an issue at some point. It comes All up, place. either integrating it, getting the data out, um, doing performance reporting, doing other types of reporting on it. And it's always a, a rabbit hole, as we keep talking about rabbit holes, and it's, it's trying to figure out where the problem is and why this data is wrong. And trying to get the right person at the aggregator to, to, to talk to you about it is always an issue. So how did you do that? And how what's the logistics behind this? Do you have, con you have contracts with every data aggregator? If I'm the RIA, do I now have to have contracts with every data aggregator? How does it all work? Yeah, sure. So how and why we did this is, you know, I've been in this hot seat 
dealing with aggregators for the last 12, 14 years. Uh, and it's every bit as painful as you, you, you described. It is, they're one of the toughest data you know, providers that we, we deal with. And in some sense, it's inherent in the technology. Um, uh, you know, we've got a long way to go before this, this technology makes the, the generational shift to more of the direct connections. Um, you know, we're only talking about 20 or 30 new, new ones of those a year out of, you know, 15, 20,000 institutions. So we've got a long way to go there. Um, and <clears throat> we had to scratch our own itch. We were desperate to support our own customers and, and fix this. And, and we just weren't willing to throw up our hands at it. So, so that's why we went after it. Um, and having spent so much time directly dealing with these folks and we had often delivered the end client service, we realized that that was a real advantage for us, but with a single aggregator, it just, it wasn't enough. Um, so we, we got after this idea and then we contracted with multiple aggregators and no, we don't currently have contracts with every aggregator though. The list is continuing to expand. I think right now, you know, examples of, of who you contract with are, uh, plaid, yodely, bile accounts, uh, DST, the, and the list does go on and we're adding more. So there, there are other sources that we're, we're adding to this mix. Um, and, and so we, we, we built it out and it, you can imagine that each aggregator, uh, acts quite differently. Their quirks, their, their, the flow of the data is even different. Uh, you know, couple, couple of examples, uh, one aggregator gives you sort of a full set of data every single day. And then on non-market days, you get maybe 20% of the data of these other market days. And, and then it, you know, suddenly it increases again. Other data gives you a full set of data every single day. Um, but, you know, for, for market stuff, it's giving you the, the last market value. Um, so there's, there's the data flows are all different. Um, the interfaces and how they work are all different. Some, some work by uh, being a push system where they shove files at you. Some work by being um, something called the web hook where they, they hit you with a, with a signal that says this data is ready and then you go pull it. Um, it there's a variety of ways that they work and then the shape of the data. So if you think about what you get in a file, all looks different. The way that the data is categorized is all different. And then you have to have a pretty strong backend um, system to do uh, data normalization, transforming the data into a kind of a normalized single format um, that then we can move on to, you know, an enterprise that might want to consume it or into our own applications. Um, and that backend is, you know, that's the iceberg, right? So, so that's the 80% that's under the water that no one sees. And that's where we're a lot of the work to make this happen really, really went. And I know for a fact, that's a lot of work because we, we've done that with um, half of our clients are RAs, broker dealers, asset managers, TAMPs, but the other half are FinTech vendors who have to deal with the data aggregation providers. And it's always an right. issue. There's always something wrong that the APIs don't work quite right. Trying to pull the data in is an issue, as you mentioned. Once you get, you know, getting past the first one, now you've learned how they operate. But then when you get to the next provider, as you said, they have a whole different way of delivering data. 
exactly API setup. And as you get, as you, as you mentioned, it has all the data has to be normalized, which is exactly. something like people don't understand, but it happens behind the scenes. But if you don't do that, it winds up a gigantic mess. It's a mess. And that was the other thing that we saw in the industry. So as we were starting to solve this for ourselves, we observed the same thing. All these fintech providers were essentially building redundant systems, the same system over and over to do the same thing, only they couldn't commit you know, full resources to it because it's only a little part of their business, really. And we thought, well, what if we eventually could solve this for everybody? What if we had to, what if we could deliver a much simpler way to integrate with all of these folks, a much faster way to get up and running and a much simpler way to consume the data? And what if we relieve the burden of managing all that infrastructure and supporting it and supporting the, the clients and customers? Um, so that was the concept. And we're up, we're running. Um, it it looks great. Uh, lots of success. And, uh, you know, we're improving every day. So we're we're really thrilled. And, you know, our customers are, are telling us that we're doing a great job. So, you know, we're, we're pleased with that. And um, you know, we're continuing to try and improve. And this is included free with the Blue Leaf subscription? Uh, it is included with our uh, small and medium business packages. Yeah, what you see on the website. Um, so so the short answer is yes. The, the longer answer is for enterprises, we customize, as you might imagine. So, so in some of those instances, uh, they'll pay for that separately or by itself, just as a service independent of the rest of Blue Leaf. So walk me through this. I'm an RIA and I've already got Plaid, for example. And now I want to work with you guys because Plaid through, through who? Who do you have Plaid through? Well, I could go direct or I could get it through another vendor. Uh, I mean, realistically, there are very few RAs that go direct, mm -hmm. right? Um, some of the largest might, but but yeah. uh, it, it's pretty one. rare, yeah. right? Um, so so I'd say it, it depends on the situation. You can you know buy Blue Leaf and get it. Um, incorporated, if you're large enough that you're actually running your own aggregation, then you can um, buy Blue Leaf's you know, managed service, the aggregation as a service package from an enterprise perspective and incorporate it and kind of replace the other aggregation provider. And it can still include Plaid, um, but then you'll get the benefit of our support and other aggregation providers mixed in. That's great. And so it would be uh, transparent to me. Yeah, absolutely. And for enterprises, um, you know, we've got two scenarios. There are scenarios where people come in and use our contract um, with with the aggregation provider, so that they just deal with Blue Leaf and they don't have to worry about Ladder Yodel or whoever. Um, there are other cases for large enterprises where they want to manage their own relationship, and we just wrap the technical and um, personnel services around that. Right. That, that's what I was wondering about the about the contract. So they mm -hmm. could the contract with you guys. Again, as you mentioned, a lot of our on the RIA side, they often don't even know where their aggregations from. They they might get it from right. their portfolio management provider built in, or they get it from their financial planning software. Right. If they're e-money, they're using e-money's uh, aggregation as an example. So they right. Or if they're using Money Guy Pro, they're using Yodely, um, but they don't necessarily know that. They just see right. this money pro. Uh, so how would you work that? So if I'm if I'm getting it, if I'm a Money Guy Pro client and I'm getting my aggregation through Yodely, 
uh, through uh, through Yodely. How would that work with you? Would I just did I do I need a new contract? Or would, I, would I transfer that to you? No, uh, great, great question. So um, in that case, let's let's presume that that this is a, a customer that then purchases Blue Leaf um, because we integrate with Money Guide Pro, we integrate with Right Capital, et cetera, et cetera. And so in those instances, you're just using the Blue Leaf side to do the aggregation, then it just flows through to those platforms. Well, what I know, what's right now I'm getting my aggregation from Yodely through Money Guide. Right. So um, depending on the level of success you're having, there'd be a transition that would happen. Um, you'd stand up Blue Leaf for your clients and you'd start to aggregate through Blue Leaf. And then all of that data, and in that instance, all of your direct data as well as your aggregated and held away data would all flow from Blue Leaf into MoneyGuide Pro or Right Capital or, or who have you, um, so that you've got one throat to toe for data. Um, one of the challenges with using a planning tool as an aggregation source is it, it's not meant as a distribution system. So, so you you want to have your data in a place where it can then go out as as kind of a hub and spoke system. And you know the aggregation that you get with a Money Guide Pro or or with a you know another financial planning tool like Right Capital, who, who we also partner partner with, those systems are designed to sort of use and consume the data internally. They're not generally designed as a distribution system for data. So I'd say, you know, I don't want to get in your business, Craig, but you know, you got to think about your your data architecture for your firm and where the data should be coming from and how you want to manage it. Um, and I think the challenge for really small RIAs is this all kind of happens incrementally. And and so so you get one layer built on top of another for um, for firms that are larger, you're often more thoughtful about how that data architecture should should look and work, and then you know that that's an easier scenario. But we've we've done a lot of um, work with customers that that have those systems, and we find that the transition isn't that big a deal because often, as you know, as is the problem with aggregation generally often you know they're having success rate troubles uh with with that aggregation and so you know, for most of those customers you know rather than reconnecting at those systems you just reconnect through belief and now the data flows and you're good to go john i think you so, make an excellent consultant why thank you yes. i'll that's a high compliment from from coming from you um, look, I love to teach and, and this is something we do with our customers all the time. Um, whether it's business consulting, you know, I did M&A for a living. So we, we talk a lot about valuation and how you drive that and, and growth drivers and, uh, and the like, we, we really try and consult holistically with our customers. Um, I, I love, I love sharing what I know. And as we've established before, we are both geeks. So you know, get, get into a pretty deep dive on technology and really think hard about the best way to assemble it, not just from a blue leaf perspective, but from a firm perspective. How do how do you really think about running this as a business? We did establish that. And we also established that we have limited time in this podcast and now it's up. Uh, uh, but uh, thanks for sharing everything about your ag aggregation as a service. Where can anyone listening find more information about this? 
Sure. The simplest thing is info at bluelief.com. Um, our fantastic support team uh, and success team monitors that and can route any inquiries to the right person. Um, if you want to get at me uh, personally, you know, obviously I'm on LinkedIn, um, you know, John Prendergast. Um, I'm on Twitter at John Prendergast. Um, I'm sorry, X. I don't think I'm ever going to get used to that. Um, so, so I'm pretty, pretty easy to find personally. And, you know, obviously the company is at www.blueleaf.com. Awesome, John. Thanks for being here. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I love the conversation. We'll have to have you on the Augmented Advisor. I'm there. Just send me an invite. You got it. Hey, it's Craig again. Um, here's my three takeaways from this interview. Man, aggregation as a service, very interested to see this product come to market. Um, so how they um, how it operates, how they can cover different spectrum of institutions, how they can deliver data quality. It's a big problem for a lot of our clients, and it requires a lot of effort to do this. So I'd love to see this service. I'd uh, love, uh, love for more firms to do this type of thing. And how it came about was very interesting. Number two, uh, they scratched their own itch for customers, and they contract with multiple aggregators. That's the best kind of product that you need yourself, that you're using yourself internally rather than just building it externally. Uh, and finally, the engagement economy um, and the shape of the data. I thought that was very interesting how they're they're bringing it all together. And um, you know, I like to get into the details of data normalization. Um, and and uh, so it's, it's something I really enjoy talking to people about. Hope you enjoyed that as well. All right, you've reached the end of another episode. Um, please go to our website, ezragroup.com scroll to the bottom of the homepage, and sign up for our newsletter. Once a month, you'll receive an email chock full of wealth management goodness, news, information updates. You will not be disappointed. Thanks for listening again, and talk to you all again next time.